1: Congratulations to Wes Johnson, not on the LSU job, but on parachuting out of a burning plane at exactly the right moment. Wes Johnson is leaving a <laughs> just wreckage in his wake as he leaves for LSU. I don't want to blame everything on him, but I, I do. It just, man, Lavelle, it felt so weird to watch a team whose pitching coach is on the way out give it up three different times in a series of, and that determined the you know might determine who ends up winning the division. Uh, it was to me just really awkward. We'll get to the bullpen failures here in a second, but let's start with Wes Johnson. Uh, I don't blame him at all for taking a job uh, that benefits him and his family. Uh, in general, baseball coaches historically have been treated pretty pretty poorly and paid pretty poorly, and the first people to get fired. So I don't blame him. But man, it was weird to watch that sequence of events
0: play out. I agree, Jim. I'm still baffled by the timing of all this because LSU needs Wes on board so they can help persuade recruits to come near through the transfer portal. I'm like, please, you know, I, the the college baseball season starts in February. They maybe they could have reached an agreement with Wes and said you just uh, jump on board after the, the twin season's over, and, and then join in and just spend the summer going by the way, we're hiring a major league caliber pitching coach to run our pitching staff at LSU. I think that would be a great recruiting uh, nugget to throw at potential pitchers um, without having West to be present there. So I, I still, I'm still a little baffled at the time and all this, but if it, it, I was, you know, when I, I had to make a couple of calls, you know, the beat writer in me couldn't resist. Well, once <laughs> I heard this, I was like, this is unbelievable. You know, and, And the first thing a person said to me was there are family considerations here. And so, uh, you know, I hope I hope everybody's healthy with his family. You know, I hope he doesn't have any medical issues that he's trying to deal with. Um, But if it's it seems like he's a he's a God fearing man uh, and and who who puts his family first. And if that's the case, more power to him. Uh, uh, A lot of people don't have the type of flexibility to leave a a job where you are at the top. Of the chain to take a step back in order to um take care of your of your uh, of the people that you love at home so um good luck to him in the future um the time is still weird and i'm convinced that uh, twins pitchers were determined yesterday to make west make as many trips to the mound as possible uh just to remind him what they're missing what he's going to be missing (laughs) after he leaves and goes back to college
1: Now, uh, you know, faith and all that's fine and family's all fine. He's also getting a massive raise. Uh, He's joining the SEC, which if it continues to grow at this rate, if he becomes a head coach in the SEC at LSU, any place else, he might end up making a million dollars a year. Uh, That wasn't going to happen for him in the big league. So I think there are, you know, the timing – there might have been family or faith or other stuff that caused this timing, uh, but he's also making a very good business decision for himself. He's going to work less and get paid more. Who wouldn't want that?
0: He uh, he was a marketing major in college, Jim. So he, I think he understands the the, the value of t- of demand and and supply and demand, and he he can see he can see the SEC helping him be in high demand here in a few years uh because it's gonna be a it's gonna be a race here between the SEC and the uh, Big Ten uh, to see who can swallow up more schools. I'm convinced that the Big Ten's gonna go to 20 teams here. SEC's probably gonna try to stay in step. It's gonna get nutty. And but everybody who's involved in those conferences are gonna then a rising tide lifts all boats and West is in a position to get cash in um you know with the super conference. It does
1: remind me when I when you and I were both covering the team as beat writers you know you we we knew a lot of stuff that was going on behind the scenes we knew a lot of the inside knowledge some of it we could publish some of we couldn't but i think we both know that there were you know there were coaches on tom kelly's world series winning staffs who were probably making like 60 seventy thousand a year
0: think about that and think about
1: that and they were having to tip the clubbies and do all, they basically had the expenses of a big league lifestyle and they got paid like
0: newspaper guys. And I also, I also asked, by the way, Jim, I asked someone with the club about um, pension plan. Uh, you need to get yep. 10 years in, in order to be fully vested, which I was, cause I was trying to, is West leaving like a couple years before his time is, but no, he had a few more years. Um, yeah. Cause I think that Jerry White got to like eight or nine years and never got that 10th year. Oh, uh, which, is, which uh, is unfortunate for a very nice man. Yeah. So that's why a lot of these managers, when they sign contracts, um, they try to get their coaches taken care of. Uh, I remember Gardy, you know, uh, whenever someone approached yeah. him about an endorsement deal, he says, you got to take care of my coaches too. Like a yep. car dealership wanted Gardy to do uh, advertising for them. He was like, you got to hook up my, my coaching staff with cars for the year, you know? So um yeah, they, they're kind of low on the totem pole here. When I found out Wes was making three fifty or three seventy five, I was like, that sounds low. <laughs> that sounds low to me. He's been making about at least a half a million a year for everything he's brought to that organization. So um, it's not, I mean, you see him in uniform, uh, just because they're wearing a uniform doesn't mean they're making a lot of money. <laughs> exactly right. Although 300000 to you and me would be a heck of a lot of money. Well,
1: no, th- I mean, and that's and that's, you know, that's competitive. I mean, back in the day, yeah. they were just paid like, bad employees uh you know you start making hundreds of thousands of dollars uh you know now you're getting a reason a pretty reasonable ballpark probably not fair given the i think major league baseball had 11 billion dollars in revenue last year Uh, coaches should probably get a little bit bigger part of the pie but he's not he's not struggling to pay his bills the way some coaches were back in the day so that, that's Correct. good and he's going to make four hundred thousand dollars basically once you add in the incentives and the perks he's gonna, probably going to make more than four hundred thousand dollars to lsu working about a third of the game so hey hey in general I, I took a shot at Wes on twitter yesterday just out of sheer frustration uh i apologize Wes. i, I wish you well <laughs> did good work here uh but but your bullpen stinks. And we're going to talk about that here. This is Chin Music. This is part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. You can find all the shows at TalkNorth.com. We do recommend subscribing at your favorite podcast app to hear shows like this. This is Chin Music. This is our baseball show. It's, today it's uh, Lavelle E. from the Star Tribune and Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Uh, usually we're joined by Roy Smalley. Roy's out of pocket this week. We'll catch up with him again next week. So this is going to be uh, two old beat writers who became columnists Uh Chopping it up about the Twins bullpen. Thanks to our producer Brandon Morton. Thanks to our sponsors, Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins, and the pre- presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show here at TalkNorth.com. And thanks also to Perfect Ash. If you'd like to advertise with this show as the Twins uh, wind through this long journey this year, that's going to be continue to be fascinating. You can reach Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A or R-Y at TalkNorth.com. All right. The bullpen is a dumpster fire. How do they fix it?
0: My goodness. Um I you know, I I used to think that they could use one reliever before the trade deadline, and now I'm thinking they need two relievers before the deadline. And, and and not, you know, some guy, you know, who's just a veteran guy who can um, you know, craft his way through an inning or, or be use cunning and guile. They need an arm. They need someone that could come and match up and be able to get swings and misses and dominate hitters. Um, I think they need a second left-hander in matchups matchups with lefties, but I think they need a second Um, left-hander. My God, if I tell you what, you know what they need, Jim? They need need to do time travel and go back to, let's see, February when they were kicking (laughs) around the Chris Paddock trade with the Padres. Ugh. And have someone stand up and meet and go, stop this. Look at this guy's finance. Look at this guy's medicals. Do not trade for Chris Paddock. The Mets looked at the medicals when talking about Paddock and said, no way, we're not going to bring this guy on. The Twins, for some reason, said, yes, we'll take Paddock. And the rest is history because that lost him. Taylor Rogers, who would have formed a great one 2 punch with Juwan Duran in the back end of that bullpen. Um, meanwhile, Rogers has gone on to um, the Padres and is having a fantastic season. Um, and now they got a kid in Paddock who needed a second Tommy John surgery. And now um, the odds on him coming back and being effective are low because guys who've had two Tommy John surgeries just struggle to find any type of form. Um, so now they're stuck. They're going to have to probably use some of their, their, their prospect capital to trade for, um, relief help. Um, you know, I've seen everyone from David Robertson to a couple other guys. Um, the kid for the uh the, the Reds, I think it's Castile. I get mm-hmm. Castillo and Iglesias mixed. I think Castillo's the the reliever and Iglesias is a starter. Whoever the reliever is, it's it's got good numbers as well. And uh, they they gotta look for those type of pay. I don't know if you know they they gotta look for those type of uh, pitchers to boost up that. Uh, bullpen. It sucks that Orhei Akala continues to have arm problems. I don't know if he's going to pitch this year. He would have been a nice help. They've been lucky with Griffin Jacks to get some mileage out of him, uh, but they've got to marginalize Emilio Pagan as fast as possible and let him kind of slowly find find his way back to some sort of uh, form here because oh, I don't know. Did you see? I'm, t- I'm really rambling right now. Did you see, see Wikipedia yesterday? Um, someone doctored Emilio Pagan's uh, page. And Ugh. after mentioning all the teams he played for, he says it wrote, um, it read, It's not been confirmed, but it's suspected that Emilio Pagan is actually an agent for the Cleveland Guardians out to sabotage the Minnesota Twins. That was on his on his Wikipedia page yesterday. Well, you <laughs> so, know, that's where he's at. I'm generally not in favor of people going
1: on other people's wikipedia pages and and uh and casting aspersions. I would just say this is pretty factual though. I mean this is this isn't a conspiracy, that's just fact.
0: Now, I know face Cleveland <laughs> and bad things continue to happen and it, you know it's almost insane at, at a certain point here. He's cuz he's single-handedly and made the bullpen look like a playpen. You know, and they they've tried so many other players. They tried Juan Minaya. They've tried um uh, uh, they've tr- they've tried. Um, they've tried a
1: dozen people. I don't right? yeah, you know, remember they all their names. They've
0: tried everybody. Yeah, they have, and it's not it's not clicking. Um, when Griffin Jackson's a guy you have to rely on. Um, Tyler Thornburg being brought in, yeah. you know, in the ninth inning to try to close out a game. You know, they they have they, Rocco's also managed himself into some disaster here by not letting some of these starters go. Try these starters out one more inning. I know. Chris Archer was laboring through four innings and 90 pitches. I, I'm i almost at the point now where I'm like, I don't want to, I don't I, I know, you know, he's come off two years of injuries, but my goodness, I can't bring this bullpen into this game. Chris, can you give me one more inning, please? And see um, if you could just back the bullpen up one more inning and 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 and, um, and make it uh, increase your chances for converting some of these save situations. So um, they're stuck and I wouldn't wait till August to, to address this bullpen. I do it in early July, I'd do it in the next couple of weeks um, because the Twins could be up eight games in this division uh, if they just converted a few of these save opportunities against Cleveland. Two things. First of all, I kind of I know somebody who knows people in the Padres
1: organization. I will say that they were shocked they were able to get Taylor Rodgers for what they gave up for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a good sign when the team you're dealing with is happy with the deal <laughs> right away. Um, and the you know. Paddock, if it had worked out the way they wanted it to, then they would have gotten, you know, like 200 quality, decent innings out of Paddock and Pagan for a guy who usually pitches about 60 decent innings. It was a very simple math problem. As it turns out, they gave up 60 quality innings for like four quality innings, (laughs) 10 Uh quality innings, 20 quality innings. And and you know what? Uh, Obviously they liked Paddock a lot. And if Paddock had stayed healthy, the deal might still look okay. But with Paddock hurt, now you look at Pagan's numbers the last few years, and he's been a he's been a bad reliever for about this is his third straight year he's been a bad reliever, yeah. and uh, that's where I think that's where I think this Twins front office these are very smart people they use a they on a, uncover and employ a massive amount of information. The only drawback to all that is sometimes you can outsmart yourself. I think they outsmarted themselves in this one. I agree. I
0: think that's a great way of, of looking at it. Um, and and you know sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and and not be afraid to take on salary too. I know the Twins try um, to be frugal with how they bring in pitchers into the into the fold here. Uh, for some reason they're just afraid of committing a lot of dollars to quality arms, and uh, you're going to have to. Uh, you're going to. They're going to have to. Uh, may modify that philosophy here in order to get some quality uh, help for the bat for the for that bullpen. Um uh because they they can't pitch Pagan in the seventh or 8th inning. The next time I want to see him pitch is probably in the fifth or the sixth. Uh they gotta hope that Duffy can get things straight now. It looks like he's mixing in his changeup more off more frequently and he's having some success. So so maybe he's gonna become functional again. But uh who do you trust in that bullpen right now? Duran and Jax. And that's pretty yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, so they've gotta they've gotta take a hard look at this sooner than later.
1: They do. And I think when they have this much invested in this year with the Korea deal and everything else, I, I think this is the right year to go for it. Uh the division's sitting there waiting to be won. They ha- I think they have the best team overall in the division, uh factoring in every factor, you know, including uh lineup, organization depth, fielding, starting pitching. The starting pitching's been excellent. Starting pitching's been excellent, which yeah. is a, a shock. Uh, so don't waste it go go get you know one or two excellent relievers to put at the end of the games and this thing could straighten out very quickly and hey let's remind everybody 2019 Mm -hmm. the bullpen was as bad as it could possibly be at the end of july they fixed it in about two days and they went on to win
0: 101 games so it's bad it's not hopeless absolutely yeah this can be this can be done and uh the the benefits are, are are um the benefits are uh, enormous because I, I look at this daily lineup and, you know, eventually um, there's going to be more games than not. And they're going to have everybody in that lineup who's supposed to be in there. And I'm looking at uh, Luis Arias. I consider him, you know, an all-star. I think he should go to the all-star game this year. Bucs is an all-star caliber player. He just hasn't been to an all-star game. But Planco and, and, and Carlos Correa are, are former all-stars. You got four all-star caliber players in that lineup. And that doesn't count um, the moments where Alex Kirilov's getting hits, uh, Miranda's adding a couple of hits, and the Yankee guys are adding some hits too. I, I just, I like this daily lineup when it's when it's intact and it's going to be tough to pitch to, and they're going to hit good pitching and they're going to score runs. So on the other end of this, you've got to, you got they've got the strength of their weakest link. And right now, that's the bullpen.
1: Yeah, and if Kirillov starts hitting the way they always expected him to and the way it looks like he's capable of hitting right now, that his wrist is healthy, that top five could be really dangerous with Kirillov being a very, Kirillov and the switcher Polanco being really excellent balance for that group as well. Uh, we're going to come back. We have more twins issues to talk about. First, though, I want to remind you that Corona is the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the pre- presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show at TalkNorth.com. Now, Lavelle, tell us about Perfect Ash.
0: Well, I've been on here week for weeks and weeks and weeks talking about how great the Perfect Ash is and how they have well over 300 different models of cigars to choose from, have, has a great atmosphere. Um, you want to meet some of the people who hang out at the Ash and uh, spend time at the Ash and operate the Ash? You could do so on Monday, September, September 26th by participating in the Perfect Ash Golf Tournament at the Hastings Golf Club. Um, it, it's a benefit for the local Shriners uh, chapter, the Osmond Shrine Hospital for Children, on Monday, September 26th. Shotgun start at 12 30, $95 per person uh, to put together a team. There's going to be prizes, there's going to be awards, it's going to be a great time, and there's going to be a lot of cigar smoking. So, for fellow like minded individuals like myself who like to like a good stick every now and then, um, check out the Perfect Gas Golf Tournament, September 26th at Hastings Golf Club. So, We've talked about pitching. Let's move to
1: a problem area in the lineup. Ryan Jefferson is a good defender. He's our best defensive catcher. He hit in the minor leagues. He's a strong guy when he gets his pitch, he can really drive it. Is he going to produce enough offensively over time to be your starting
0: catcher? I I still think there's going to be it may take it may take a little while but I still think he'll be a capable offensive guy uh, maybe a 240 hitter could hit 25 homers in a season he definitely has power oh,
1: take that
0: yeah it, it, he definitely has power um and uh, I just think it's a matter of him getting some more at bats uh, I do like his defense although I still think that teams run on the twins a little more successfully than they should be and that's not always on the catcher in his arm sometimes it's on the pitcher who's on the mound as far as how fast they are going to the plate um but I think I think he could be a functional guy, and and Jim, like the average batting average is like in the two thirties in Major League Baseball. So if you right. can get to two forty, you know uh, he's he's doing pretty good. And that's you uh, at the point now. You'll take any type of offense you get from from Ryan, but uh, you know give the guy some more. I think give the guys some more uh, some more uh, uh, experience, and I think he can be can be that guy who could be functional. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about him offensively.
1: And Sanchez. I feel like in general has been better than his reputation indicated behind the plate. But lately we've seen a lot of balls clanking around behind home plate. What's your level of concern with him?
0: Yeah. Well, that was the thing about Gary when he came over and I, I didn't expect that to change much is that um, he's a, he has been a pass ball, pass ball machine at times and having problems blocking the plate. You look at him, he's kind of stiff back there too. He's not definitely, he's definitely not agile. Agility is not one of his strong suits and um, his re- his reactions sometimes are a little late as well. So you had to take the the good and the bad with Gary, and that's just, I mean, that's, I think that's one reason why um, the Yankees were ready to move on from him because they wanted to see a little more uh, defensive wizardry behind home plate, and that's just not, that's not him. Um, he's an average catcher defensively at best who who's, who should provide some pop at the bottom of the order, and that's that's who Gary is, and um at this stage of his career, I don't think he's going to clean it up. So uh, it's just something you got to deal with. You have to just decide whether you want that on your roster or if you want to move on from him. At this juncture,
1: it's easy to say Cleveland right now because they just uh, stole some games from the Twins. But at this juncture, who's the bigger threat long term? And we still got a long way to go here,
0: Cleveland or Chicago? Um, that's a great question, Jim. Uh, I. W- <sighs> If Chicago gets healthy and gets their act together, it's still a formidable team because they've got they've got a lot of offensive potential and they got a lot of talent on that pitching staff. Um, But it seems like they are in a never ending spiral of self-inflicted wounds, injuries, and Tony Russo saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. And I I just I I don't know if everyone get out of that rut. I just don't know. Um, Cleveland, I talked to someone with the uh, Indians when they were in town. Uh, last week and they said we are punching above our weight right now. Um they had they got a bunch of young guys who they thought were going to be good, but they performed a little bit better um, than they than they expected. Um the 40 man roster is not built for a contending team because they got a bunch of young kids they wanted to protect instead of trying to find veteran guys that could help fill in the holes. So um and I'll also say that Shane Bieber does not look like the Shane Bieber who won the Cy Young Award two years, two, three years ago. Um, he looks like he's come down to earth a little bit and that's going to affect their, their pitch staff. So it's still some good arms. So is a good arm. Um, uh, Quantrill's got a good arm. Uh, Mr. Stringbean, that's who I call Tristan McKenzie. He uh, he's got a decent arm as well, but um, I think they can be had. And once again, if the twins convert, you know, a few of these save opportunities against Cleveland, they're up eight games. And we're not even thinking about Cleveland as a main threat, but, the twins have made this happen. They played down to the level of the other teams in the division. No doubt about it. Hey, Jose Miranda, even when he was struggling, I still liked
1: him. I liked his approach. You know, he's got power. Uh, he's been productive at a high level at triple a what's his future. Uh, because you got Ursh- a holding down third base as a fielder. Uh, now you have Kirilov asserting himself. Larnick, before he hurt himself was kind of asserting himself. You're going to have Royce Lewis at some point next year. Uh, is Miranda going to have to be their first baseman in the future? Where does he fit in?
0: I, I think that's going to be a spot for him. Um, if you know, I, I saw him play at St. Paul last year and I was talking to players on the team. And they're like, they've moved him around different spots here. Uh, if he's going to play in the majors, uh, third base may be the best spot for him, but his, his fundamentals at third heck, his uh, fundamentals at first base aren't that great either. So, He's kind of rough around the edges defensively. You're, you're going to have to just settle for that. Um, but every time he digs into the box, I think he's going to get a hit. Uh, he just looks like a hitter. I think he's learning. I think he's uh, getting, a, he's getting an understanding of how he's being pitched. He is a very aggressive hitter. He chases balls early in the count. And sometimes he ends up old two because of it. Um, it happened yesterday against the Indians, but Bieber threw him a belt high fastball at old two. It was a terrible old two pitch. And, um, and Miranda rifles at the right center for that basis clearing double. So I, I like watching the kid. I want more Miranda. I'm willing. I know it's. it's I, I usually I'm a I'm an old crotchety you know, baseball guy who who hates uh, openers and and hates uh, how the game is played and don't doesn't understand why hitters just don't um, take advantage of the shift and get hits. But um, I'm willing to sacrifice a little defense from him at first in order to see that bat play. Uh, cause moving forward, I think Kirilov should be a staple in the offense. Um, Miranda should be at, uh, at first, it'll be interesting if they keep Urshela after this year, maybe they'll try Miranda full-time at third, um, until then. So, and I don't know, I don't know that puts a squeeze on Larnick cause Larnick's made some adjustments too, but these are good problems to have. Um, They've they've had some decent position players that kind of break through here in the last couple of years. We're just waiting for the one that uh, should have been first in line, and that should be Royce Lewis. Right,
1: and with Miranda, I will also say this: if they tell him, "Hey, there's a big everyday big league job at first base waiting for you," if you just improve defensively, people can make that move. I mean, Justin Morneau was a butcher at first base when he first came up. And by sheer and listen, he's a very talented guy, but by right. sheer hard work, he made himself into an excellent first baseman. You know, if, if Miranda can just improve his fielding 10, 20 percent, that's probably good enough.
0: You're 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 right. Uh, Corey Koski was not good at third base. Mm-hmm. and But there was an opening there and Koski spent what the offseason in Minnesota and worked with Guardy over at the U. Yep. And became a decent third baseman. It, it, it can it can be done. So all you have to say is, son. There's money out there at first base, yeah. and Miranda will will get the hint, and hopefully he'll he'll start working hard to to uh, make that happen. Last question for
1: today. Once again, thank you for listening to Chin Music. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. And thanks again to our producer Brandon Morton. Miguel Sano is edging toward functionality. <laughs> is there a place for him to play, or or you know, will he be like everybody else? In the Twins organization, will he just have to
0: wait for enough people to get hurt that he gets a shot? Um, my thing is this. I, it's pretty obvious that they're not going to pick up his option. And he may not no. be back next year. Yeah. So he started taking live BP this week, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many games he needs, but I would, I would try to get him back up here as close to the All-Star break as possible and see how he is and see if there's someone who is willing to give up like a A-ball player that's off the 40-man in exchange for him <laughs> and just and just cut your ties. Um, hitters coming up that are intriguing. He's had plenty of opportunities to prove um, that he's worthy of, of being a, a a feared slugger in this league. and It just hasn't happened. He still gets beat on any fastball above 94. He can still get beat on, which is troubling. Um seems like he has other has trouble trying to recognize pitches. I, I just don't think he's made enough adjustments. He doesn't try to make adjustments like a Byron Buxton. So um, I think it's time to move on. And of course, there's a risk that he goes somewhere and has an epiphany and you know becomes a stud. But you know what? You, you've exhausted every opportunity with this guy. You've dealt him. You've you've rolled with him through his injuries, through his ups, through his downs. Um, you've put mentors around him. You have put him next to Nelson Cruz. It still hasn't clicked. So you just got to say, you know what? If he goes somewhere and has a good career, then you know, congratulations to him. But right now, um, there's some other people they got to look at. Good
1: stuff, Lavelle. Enjoy the weekend. We'll catch up next week. Thanks, again to Brandon, and hey, thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. Take it easy.